Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? It is week two. Week two is technically over with now. We we saw our final game last night. It's already week three, which is just insane to me. We're already in week three of the fantasy football season. It really kind of kicks off tomorrow with waiver runs. Then you got Thursday night football game. It feels like we're going to be right back here again really quickly. And before we know if the season's going to be over with and might not be a bad thing with the way injuries hit us, as we talked about a lot on yesterday's podcast, but it does always suck to see the NFL season flying by. Matt, how are we doing today on this beautiful Tuesday? Well, as you can see by my title, I got Bortle today, so it could I be better. Know. I don't know. You, you know, know. Your, your discussion of waiver wires, you really – realize how much time it takes to manage the many many teams you drafted during covid when you get an injury week like week two and so this morning i'm like i'll do it for a few minutes while i'm watching the news since my wife are you not going to get ready to go yeah oh yeah i forgot i'll do the rest of these later i did like 20 of mine last night and i've got to get through the rest of them today because i'm just like yeah i gotta i really gotta look through i know i got Cortland sutton on a bunch i need to demote to my ir and 27 golly man this this is not this has been a rough year rough year but uh we uh, did not get a chance to recap the sunday night football game uh yesterday's episode so we're going to recap as uh I mentioned 
on the if you read the writing, whatever. I was gonna have a banner, but it covers up. I haven't had time to fix it, guys. I'm too busy. This is ridiculous. Um, we're gonna recap the Sunday night game between the Patriots and the Seahawks. We'll talk about the Monday night football game last night, a little bit of a shocker with the Saints and the Raiders. Uh, and then we'll go over our waiver wires, talk about some of the guys, uh, throw a couple guys at each position out there. We'll get Matt's thoughts on it. I'll give you guys kind of my thoughts on who you guys should target uh for your waiver wires that will likely run tomorrow. So for the Sunday night game, the Seahawks uh, barely hang on to beat the Patriots 35-30. to It was a really good game. I'm, I kind of hope Cam Newton stays with New England with the way he's been playing, man. I mean, as much as I we want, none of us want to see New England have success there. They're kind of a fun team with him there. Uh, but Cam gets you 34 points. Burkhead gets you 8. Edelman 25. And Nikhil Harry 15. The offense definitely looked a lot better. We saw Cam Newton passing more. We did not see that that much in week one. Um, Probably a little bit of a function of him not getting a real training camp in preseason, so they did a lot of runs with him. We saw him pass more. A big recipient of that was Julian Edelman, who I, I'm i not going to lie, just kind of out of pure luck, had him ranked high in our rankings and ended up finishing up there. Uh, but, I mean, what did, you, what did you think about this, Dennis? Dennis was the one all in on the Patriots in the preseason. I mean, you were kind of in on the bills and with the way Cam Newton looked yesterday and even in week one, starting to think maybe we should be a little bit higher on the Patriots. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they'll probably be more of a playoff contender than we thought. I still, I still like Buffalo to win the the division. I don't think Buffalo did anything that make me feel worse about them. I feel worse about some of the other potential AFC contenders. But, you know, the big question that nobody could answer until you play games is what is Cam Newton? Is he the Cam we saw the last two years that couldn't get it done and was injured and ends up getting bounced out of uh, Carolina? Or is he the Cam that in 2015 was an NFL MVP and took his team to the Super Bowl? He looks a lot more like that cam uh you know i think after week one they were a little they eased off on running with him quite as much as that being a feature of the offense they did a lot better passing be curious to see uh even how much more dynamic it can be when they get uh, james white back still not running the ball incredibly well and there are still some limitations they're living into you know that last play of the game they they put three tight ends and a fullback out there and you pretty much knew they were just lighting up and cam was either going to run it in or get stopped i don't know if that's the answer the long term but it was nice you know they talked about julian edelman in that game having more down the field passes than he ever did in kind of their older you know the other version of their offense with tom brady harry you know they they were working him in there demir bird who you know, yeah. we made jokes about Dennis ranking Tamir Bird and having Tamir Bird in some lineups before. He actually looks like he might have a role. They don't really have a tight end. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a work in progress, but this this looks like it could easily be a 9-11 to 11 win team, which should be good enough to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you really have to be encouraged by what you saw out of Julian Edelman. I mean, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, because I did go back and finish watching the game yesterday, uh, he got the most receiving yards he's ever had He's in, in, in a single game in his career in that game with Cam Newton, which is kind of surprising. I thought they also said that he had the longest pass catch of his career in that oh, game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Which makes sense because, you know, he's yeah. the master of the, you know, eight to 12 yard pass over the middle catching 15 balls and they're, they're doing something different. Yeah. I mean, it was so, I mean, if you're an Edelman owner, you've got to be thrilled. Cause I would think 
especially with them talking about wanting to make Harry kind of their their possession guy and deep threat guy, possibly, that Edelman would continue to work in those small parts of the field. But they used him everywhere. And again, it gets a really good Seattle defense as well. So I think Edelman kind of moves back. I mean, at this point, I don't know if you were sitting him to begin with. I was, and I was still playing him in hopes for best. But if you sat him, you can bump him back into your starting lineup now. I think that was probably the most uh, – I'm – the, the most inspri- not surprising, but the most intriguing thing for me, I guess, is was something I wanted to talk about with their backfield, but I'm going to save it for waivers because I think it does kind of play into that as well. Uh, for Seattle's side here, Ru- they are letting Russ cook. Holy crap. I mean, nine passing touchdowns in two games. It's incredible. It's interesting to me because I brought this up uh, in the offseason. It was either when we, I'm pretty sure it was when we either previewed the Seattle season or we talked about the award winners that in the entire time Russell Wilson has been in the NFL and done some of the amazing things he's done, he's never received one first place vote for the MVP. That might change this year if if he continues playing the way that he is. I think it's very easily him, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray are heads above everybody else. And I know we're only two games in, but those three have looked by far the best players and best quarterbacks in the league. And I think if I'm a Russell fan, if I'm a Lockett, Metcalf fan, let's just hope that Pete Carroll doesn't go get in his offensive coordinator's ear and be like, hey, we need to start running the ball more because them letting him cook is working out for that offense. He gets you 33 points. Carson gets you 19. Metcalf, 19. And Lockett as well. Again, you just mentioned it. Nine touchdowns in in two games. I mean, is this... I guess, are you hoping or expecting this is going to continue throughout the season? My my biggest fear is when it starts to get cold and we start to get to those winter months, kind of something you mentioned yesterday with Derrick Henry. It's kind of when Derrick Henry comes alive because he can punish you with those bruising runs. Are you worried at all that Seattle might start to revert back to the run when we start getting into the later months of the season? But Seattle isn't one of those, you know, deep East Coast teams or Midwest teams where they get a ton of snow. It can snow there, but more you get like weather 60s, 50s, 40s. You know, I think they're still going to want to run the ball. Um, But I think they have passing weapons they like. If you look at that game, Chris Carson has three passing touchdowns so far this season. Pretty great. They used all their receivers, you know, for a long time. It's like, who's wide receiver three for Seattle? doesn't matter. They won't even support two. There's David Moore catching like 38-yard bomb. I can't even remember the fourth uh, receiver that they used for different uh, wide receivers. I know David Moore caught that one in the end zone, didn't he? Like right in the yeah, corner of the end zone for the touchdown? Different receivers to catch oh, four gotcha. touchdowns because it was a graphic during the game. The Patriots gave up passing touchdowns to wide receivers only four in all of 2019. They gave up four in that game gotcha. to Seattle. Lockett got one. Metcalf got one. Moore got one. Yeah, I didn't pull all the the stuff, but it nah, you know, yeah, spreading good. the ball around. They didn't even, you know, we saw Disley catch some passes. They they had some targets to uh, Greg Olson. Actually, you could almost say Russ threw six touchdowns because that one to Olson, he tipped it perfectly to the defender and it got run back for a touchdown. But you know, they look like they've really found something with their passing game, and they want to lean into that with with Russell. And I, I think. I still think, though, it's going to be a little bit like what we see with Green Bay. They can throw the ball around, and Rodgers has shown that he can do that. But they also know that they have a running game. They ran quite a bit with Carson. Uh, They have Carlos Hyde there. So 
I think they will they will run, but this is a signal, I think, of a little bit of a switch. Yeah, and again, I, I think it's it's a great thing if you're if you're one of those people who grab Russell Wilson is going as like the third to sixth quarterback off the board. You're thrilled right now because if he's going to keep doing this, it's even more interesting because I know it's something Dennis has brought up uh, before, and I know I agreed with them because it, it's always seemed to look that way. Is that Russell's always kind of seemed to struggle at the beginning of the season, kind of take three or four weeks to kind of really get into it. And I mean, he's looked like easily the best uh, wide receiver in, oh, it was, it was Chris Carson. Chris Carson was the other, no, Fred Swain. I'm sorry. Yeah, Fred Swain. I, I knew I was going to look it up. Freddie Swain. Yeah, Freddie yeah. Swain. Which yeah, so is I'm, uh, I'm ironic because they have Dorsett on that team, Josh yeah. Gordon somewhere on that team. Uh, well, I know Dorsett just went on the IR. I saw that earlier. Yeah, so, well, you know, not that that really matters for us in fantasy wise, but um, yeah. So I mean, if you're obviously if you have anybody on the Seattle team, at least those top guys, they're they're good to go every single week. Especially, I, and I love too if you're a Carson owner. I, he's a guy that I bought into uh, in a couple of my dynasty startups. I know he's he's on a contract year this year, but the way that Pete Garrett, Pete Carroll loves him like a son to begin mm-hmm. with, and now seeing him getting that added, get, uh, adding a uh, pass, pass catching stuff is just. Chris Carson's yeah. eating DKZ. It's it's great. If you if you got yeah, any think, any shares in that offense, you're happy right now. Yeah, I mean, well, within reason. I still think it's those four are like automatic yeah. starts. Wilson, Carson, Metcalf, Lockett. You know, tight end. We've seen those a little volatile, and I, I wouldn't expect David Moore to catch 38 yard bombs every week. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm not talking about anybody outside of those four. My bad. Yeah, th- I'm just talking about those guys. Those are the guys that that you're buying all into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Monday night football game, as I mentioned, was was a surprise. I, I kind of felt bad because someone asked me. They were like, hey, man, I want to put uh, some money on the Raiders winning this game. I was like, don't do it, man. There's no shot. And they end up winning by 10 points, 34-24. I mean, just wow. I don't uh, – I want to start with the Las Vegas side because I think there's more questions with the Saints. So we can spend a little bit more time with, with the Saints side here. So on Las Vegas – Carr gets you 21 points, Jacobs 13, Edwards 6.5, Zay Jones 8, and Darren Waller 28. I mean, Waller, yeah. Waller the baller. If you had any doubts about him, he's proven you wrong already. Just he's an automatic start. Um, Carr actually looked kind of good. So I was, you know, it makes me feel good because that's kind of touting all season, all offseason that he might be, you know, a low end QB2 if they let him throw the ball more. Um, still think he holds on to the ball a little bit too long, but he did look good out there. I liked seeing a couple big plays from Brian Edwards as well. He had that one, I think it was like a third yeah. and 13, great big play. And I feel like I kind of have to admit I might be wrong on Josh Jacobs. I mean, he got, even though he didn't get into the end zone yesterday, he had 30 touches. Like, he's clearly going to be the guy. So, I mean, I guess the big question is going to be Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar. We have now seen Zay Jones. This was, he didn't make any plays last week, but he gets a touchdown. That's going to be the 2020 Raiders. Every week, they're just going to bring back somebody you didn't. When I saw the, I didn't see the first half because I, you know, I had that meeting at work that yeah. I, I told you about that ran until almost seven. Then I got home and yeah. deferred to Lindsay to watch a TV show with her since she fundamentally didn't see me on Sunday. Yeah. And, and so then I'm like second half and I'm looking it up and I'm like, Jones, who the Jones on the Raiders. And then I click it and I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot to say Jones still <laughs> played in the NFL. And I didn't realize he was on the team. I feel like that's what the 2020 Raiders are going to gift to us. 
is a touchdown to someone you didn't even know was still playing football every week. If they can keep it going, God bless John Gruden. He's getting a Christmas card from me. Yeah, and, and I will say that I do not think you can start him or Nelson Aguilar oh, no. like at all, but oh, I no. agree with you. I think it's going to be those two guys. Like We've all said it, and I'm pretty sure all three I – know, I know Dennis is. I'm pretty sure you're – we're all on the train that Brian Edwards is the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah. He's not it's just going to take some time. Yeah, for me, I've I've been saying from the beginning, I don't think he takes that step forward till next year, though. I think it's going to take time. He's still coming off the yeah. injury. I mean, I'll be honest, I mean, if Car keeps playing like he did last night, he'll still be the quarterback. But there was a lot of questions about whether he'll even be the quarterback oh, of the good. future. So yeah, I mean, for me, I think well, you're starting. The other thing I would say is, you know, watching the game, they took a few shots to rugs. They didn't hit any, yeah. but some of those games they're going to hit. I, the the problems for me with the Raiders, I'm starting Waller. I feel good about Jacobs. Yeah. Carr, I think, actually is a solid QB, too, right now. They have five or six guys at receivers. Somebody's yeah. going to do something. Good luck picking it out. Yeah, and I mean, and that's what I was going to say. I think you're, you're the three guys that you're for sure starting every single week are going to be Jacobs, Waller, and Carr now at this point. And, and, and Carr, more obviously super flex. If, if you're 1QB league, I would say he's probably going to come in now. I think he has been anyways, but he's probably going to come in between the 15 and 20 mark for me every single week. You might have someone better than him. Wouldn't, you know, if you've got somebody better, start him, obviously. For me on the wide receivers, I think, and, and we talked about this, I didn't think Henry Ruggs was going to be more than like a Deshaun Jackson type. He's going to be, if you got him in best ball, there are going to be some weeks you love that you drafted him because they are going to connect. There was, like you said, they took, I think, there, I know three at least that I saw. And they, they got a couple shots. penalties off that. So, yeah. For, for there, from an NFL standpoint, it's working. It's, yeah. From our standpoint, yeah. No, yeah, because of the points, right? So, like this was, if, if say, you know, it's just like Marquise Brown last year. If they hit on all three of those, like so that happened last year between Lamar and Marquise Brown in a couple of games, you're going to be loving life the weeks that you start them. If you're not in best ball, I'm a, I'm with you. Good luck choosing the right weeks to start Henry Ruggs because he's he's going to be the weeks where he gets you forty points, and there's going to be weeks where he gets you like two. Like it's just that's, that's the way it's going to be. That's what it feels like, not only for the style of play, but for the way they're using him. He's either going to be wide receiver one or wide receiver 101. And yep. you're probably going to get 101 more times than you ever get one. And that's the. Yeah, bummer. that's the. Yeah. But I mean, as I said, I, I loved what I saw out of Edwards. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he gets more and more involved. I, I Like I said, I, I know I was talking about it on Twitter a little bit. I got him in like the third and fourth round in a lot of my rookie drafts and I could not be more excited about about that I was kid. Bum they went away from him because you know he had those two for 42 in the first half and yeah you know they just didn't find a way to I thought well maybe he's on his well, way to a good game but they they mix and match so much uh, it'll be yeah. interesting to see if Renfro I, I think he got knocked out with a concussion yes at the did. end of that game so you know that might open up some it's probably going to open up time for Zay Jones. What am I saying? So here's here's the interesting thing on Edwards is I saw this and I, I wish I could remember who tweeted it out. It was someone that that's with an NFL account. They had the blue check mark and everything. Yeah. They were saying that while Edwards looked really good, the reason he didn't pop even more last night is because they actually had Marshawn Lattimore shadowing him most of the night. Yeah. And that's and in the tweet, and I'll see if I can find it because I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. That's what he was like saying. That's what should that shows you what other NFL teams think of Brian Edwards that they're putting their best cornerback on him two weeks into the NFL season. So again, I we're all on the agreement here on the round table that he's going to be an absolute stud. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it before next year. But, I mean, uh, what we saw yesterday was definitely encouraging, and I can't wait to see more of him. The Saints side, there's about one player I can't wait to see more of, and that's Alvin Kamara. Dude's been legit. He's been awesome. Uh, 40, 38 points I, last night. I mean, you guys made fun of me when, when I said he could be in for a wide for a running back one season. Yeah. Running, I, running I, and receiving, and he's so far – He's looked like by far their best player. He looks strong. He looks healthy. Thank God he's available. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't for him, Zeke and Jacobs and Aaron Jones, we'd probably all be crying about the running back yeah. position. Yeah, I mean, and I'll agree with you. You're right. I, I did not think it was possible. And mostly for me, because he's just been beat up every year. And I've, I've wondered if he can hold up. But um, he has been so far. He's looked like one of the best running backs. Yeah. You could argue the best. I mean, after what, what Aaron Jones did Sunday, it's, it's, that, it's hard. What neither of us knew is that Drew Brees is now captain check down. Yeah, that that's that's to me the most concerning part about it. Yes. So Emmanuel Sanders does nothing at two points. Traycon Smith did get the most targets though with 13. So I guess that's good. If you're a Thomas owner, maybe you're able to snag him off the waiver wire. Some he seems to be the guy Drew Brees is going to. Jared Cook really doesn't do much outside of the touchdown. So I'm I'm kinda I honestly thought Cook was going to have a big game. He seemed to be the one who kind of stepped mm. up last week when Thomas got hurt. Mm. Uh, and then Breeze, just 14 points. And I think that's my biggest fear is Breeze. I kind of equated week one to possibly being Rust, Tampa Bay's defense being so good. Now we're two weeks in. And I, I don't want to don't want to sound off the alarm bells because I've said it for a lot of teams and I think they need three or four weeks. This is kind of their preseason. But Breeze does not look good from what – I've seen and personally I'm terrified of this whole team now except for Kamara kind of what, what were your thoughts watching that second half of that game and, and where it's leading you with New Orleans because we yes. all picked them to make the Super Bowl and I, I told you I told you Saints fans when we did that they were not going to make it and maybe it's the curse of us yeah so I, I've watched quite a bit of Breeze this season because you know I watched that whole Saints uh, yeah. Buccaneers game Denver wasn't playing on that opening Sunday, arguably haven't, hasn't played yet. Um, but I see, you know, I watched a lot of that, got to see a lot in that primetime game. We're going to get to see him again on Sunday night football. Going into the season, we talked about how at some point in time, these seemingly ageless wonder QBs are going to fall off. I don't think Tom Brady has looked very sharp or very good as a passer. He's gotten some benefit of the doubt because he went to a new team and has new players, uh, but he he definitely at times has really looked like a 43-year-old playing professional quarterback, and I thought the same thing at Breeze. You're talking about the most accurate passer in the history of the NFL. Some of these balls are just way off. The further that you go away from the line of scrimmage, the more, you know, I keep I have kept waiting in these two games just for Breeze to, like, click in and start mailing the ball. But you saw – even in crucial clutch situations last night, he's dumping it down to Kamara around the line of scrimmage. Deontay Harris got so much run because he was doing these like short crosses, uh, two or three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Those are the kind of balls he's hitting. I'm wondering if that's really why Cook and Sanders weren't doing a lot. I mean, in opening day, Drew Brees did not cross 100 yards passing until the fourth quarter when he landed a 46-yard bomb over the top to Cook that gave him 144 yards passing for the game. They won that game. Their defense kind of dominated. The Buccaneers made a lot of mistakes. Kamara was going pretty good. 
but I think it covered over. It was not a very good passing game in week one. I think they said he was something for 18 for 30, um, yeah. which isn't very good. And then yesterday, you know, when you got to these clutch situations, just thinking he, you know, waiting for the old race. But I think that's why they didn't. I almost texted uh, you guys. I posted it somewhere. I, I like did Emmanuel Sanders die and no one told me because we yeah, saw that uh, zero. I was like, yeah. did he go deep sea fishing with Will Fuller this week? <laughs> and yeah. Even the announcer said something like, oh, well, there we finally see Emmanuel Sanders. Thought he'd be involved in this game. I'm sure he thought he was going to be too. Something doesn't look right. Maybe it's they're still working into game shape, but you never know at this point in time. You know, we've we've noted that with Ben a, a little bit too. He got some benefit of the doubt because he missed almost last year, but he's he's 38. Rivers, same draft class. I mean, I think we're yeah. seeing some of these older quarterbacks. You can't keep it going forever, and you know we might be closer to the end than we had had thought going in yeah and i mean i I will say that i've kind of thought that to begin with i know we talked about it because i know he signed a two-year contract i think with the saints now he can't they can get out of it or he can decide to leave at the end of this year and i'd kind of said that i think even if they made the super bowl again and lost that he would kind of call it because he didn't look that great at times last year either like he looked great when he came back but he also missed seven weeks or six weeks six or seven weeks last year because of the injury so I was kind of worried about him kind of continuing on. Like I said, I didn't think Brady was going to be that good going to Tampa either because he didn't look that good in uh, in New England. And a lot of people were blaming that. Well, they don't have the weapons around on the offensive line. Like, well, yeah, but he also doesn't look great. So it's going to be something interesting to watch. I said, I'll, I'll give him three, four weeks. I'll give him one to two more weeks to see if anything turns around. Because we it, It's really been a weird offseason. We cannot completely judge them on what we've seen so far, but definitely not great. If you're a fan of either one of those teams here to, uh, to start off the year, I guess you're probably looking at that and thinking, you know, even though Atlanta's blown two leads, uh, they might, they might end up being the winner of this division. If Tampa Bay and uh, new Orleans can't turn it around. Cause I don't see Carolina being able to get up there as much as I love the Panthers. All right. Waiver wires. I'm going to start with the quarterbacks here. So I'm, I was going through and, and pulling this up as we were talking a bunch of the guys here who are kind of the most, they're all under 50% ownage, which makes sense on most of them. And I just kind of want to get your thoughts. If you need a quarterback, you know, what are you thinking? So I pulled up just based on the list of their projected top ads. So right now, Gardner Minshew, this is redraft, obviously. If I know most of you guys probably listen to this for Dynasty. These guys are all owned in Dynasty Leagues. We're kind of focusing on this as, as a redraft thing right now. Um Minshew, 33%. Justin Herbert, 4%. Baker Mayfield, 47%. Ryan Tannehill at 46%. Mitch Trubisky at 8%. And then David Carr, Derek Carr. David Carr is not owned anywhere. Derek Carr at 17%. So that's the their ownership right now, or what their roster is ownership. David roster. Carr might be owned by Dennis because he makes that's that true. mistake. He does, he, does, he does like David Carr. Uh, so yeah. why, does, why does Carr have zero? I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Derek Carr is 17% uh, roster. I should say rostered. There we go. Ownership yeah. always sounds bad. So out of those guys, I'll read the names again. Minshew, Herbert, Mayfield, Tannehill, Trubisky, and Carr. Kind of how would you rank them? Who who would be the guys that you're attacking? So um, Tannehill would probably be one that I would go for uh, first. 
then um, probably Minshew uh, because I've liked his poise and I think his team's going to be down. And then Carr, um, you know, I think Carr is going to be more successful, but Minshew might actually have the opportunity to be passing more. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would go Mayfield and then Trubisky. I, Trubisky has looked fine, um, but, uh, you know, I'm not 100% uh, trusting that. Herbert is an interesting one. We actually got that question in the Discord from our friend uh, Justin, who was looking, yeah. you know, he had Locke and Garoppolo uh, as his quarterbacks in 14-team uh, redraft. So he was looking at, at doing some pickups. And based on his people that were available, we, we told him Baker was probably the best option to start. But I suggested Herbert's a guy, if you have the space, you pick him up and stash him. Unfortunately, his team seems to be giving every indication they're going to go back to – Taylor probably as soon as this week if if he's healed from his mystery chest ailment. But you know Herbert looked good. He was drafted as the quarterback of the future. I'm honestly surprised after what we saw against the Kansas City team that they would dial it back. Um, I think I don't know if I, if it's fair to call it a mistake at this point, but it, it feels it's like a mistake. mistake. But he's somebody I would grab because I think you know by the time we hit mid-October, he's going to be in there. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's mostly the same in order. I mean, Tannehill, I don't expect him to put up 40-plus points every single week, but he's clearly not look. We were all, I th- at least I'll, I'll say I was, I was a little bit worried with what we saw out of him last year. Coming into this year that he might drop off a little bit, he looks like the same guy. And so as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to continue to produce. Uh, for me, uh, Minshew, I, I would, I could see the argument with Minshew over Tannehill as well because I do think they're likely going to end up having to pass more because of their defense. So you might end up getting more maybe garbage time points at him, but he has kept the games close. I just like Tannehill's got a little bit more rushing upside. Um, for me, Carr and Herbert are like right there together. I like Carr, but I think Herbert has the higher ceiling because of the rushing. But again, like you just mentioned, the biggest thing is. We don't know for sure when he's going to see the field again. Like, like I said on yesterday's episode, my hope is that it's, you know, well, Tyrod's only 90% for like the next couple of weeks, and then Herbert's just the guy the rest of the season moving yeah. forward, but we don't know. I mean, Anthony Lynn has been very, very infusive that Tyler, t- t- Tyrod Taylor is going to be his quarterback. So, so I, my ideal situation, like if, if I have Drew, Drew Brees or Tom Brady as my quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to go and snap up Herbert because I I drafted those guys because I think there's still potential for them to be a top end. You know, we talked uh, with with Bob this offseason. Breeze yeah. was one of the guys who always scores in the consistency guy. That's why he was such a trendy high pick in Scott Fishbowl. I'm not ready to give up on him after two games, but I would love to have the upside hedge of a Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. Like, if I can get him, obviously, I'm I'm taking him. I mean, I'm trying to trade for him in a couple of leagues right now, just because I'm I, I love the kid and what he showed me was phenomenal. Uh, but I, like I said, that that's going to be your biggest thing. I wouldn't count. I would do exactly what you said. If you've got a Brady or um, my God, what the other name Breeze, or even I'm trying to think of someone else who's kind of underperformed Stafford. If you've got someone you know you can pr- play for probably the next couple weeks, just in case Herbert doesn't get the job yet. Oh, God, I probably would. I would rather just take the zero from Justin Herford than what Kirk Cousins gave you last week. So, yeah, I'm, I, but I'm with you on that. I think, and then Baker, Baker Trubisky. I actually, I think 
in all honesty, I'd probably put Herbert just a, a tad above Carr and then put the rest of those Trubisky, Herbert, and Carr all, or not Herbert, uh, Baker all kind of in the same area. Like, I like Baker's upside, but I kind of need to see it more. I like what we saw last week, but as I talked about on the Friday pod with you guys, I do think that he's going to fall into more of that maybe 15, 20 pass attempts. And if he doesn't get you a couple touchdowns, he's not going to come through for you. So it's kind of one of those things where he he might not come through. So um, I'm as much as it hurts me to say iffy, uh, iffy on, on Baker's upside right now. For the running backs, this, this is going to be the interesting one. So Darrell Henderson, who obviously had the huge game last week, just 34% rostered. Mike Davis, 8%. Um, I threw a couple other lower guys in on here that I'm interested in. LaMichael Piran, 3% rostered. Uh, Deion Lewis, 6%. Wayne Gallman, 1%. Devonta Freeman, 15%. And then the guy that I was going to mention with the Patriots, Damian Harris. Is only 25% rostered right now. Save him for, or actually, I'll just go into it right now. I actually think he might be a sneaky ad because nobody has looked good at all in that backfield. Rex Burkhead has not looked good. Sony has not looked good. Now, is Harris's upside cap some with Cam's running and, and him getting touchdowns in the red zone? Absolutely. But if Harris can get some of the catches and everything, we don't know when James White is going to be back. We should have mentioned this earlier, and I apologize. Our condolences to him and his family with everything he's going through. That's a horrible situation. I think he should take as much time as he needs because that is not easy for anybody. So I do think Harris, in my opinion, has the most upside, though, in that backfield out of anybody else on that team right now. 25% rostered. You could probably grab him. He can come back as early as week four. He might be a guy that I would grab with an offense we're expecting to possibly be high-powered or looked better than we thought it was going to be. He, he's kind of a sneaky guy for me. Um, Freeman, he didn't sign with the Giants yet, has he? I know yeah, there's he, been a – he did? Oh, he did. I must have missed that. I had no idea. Uh, well, good for him then, I guess. I, I don't have him, so – which uh, – Never mind. I'll, I'll I'll save that rant for another day. Uh, I, I you know what I'm gonna go to right now. I have Barkley in a league, and the commissioner has it set up to where you can just pick up players whenever it doesn't matter. Like you can literally pick up players in the middle of games se- yes. Sunday while they're going I, on. I, I hate that. that. On sleeper, there's a couple of you know ESPN locks, and yeah. you can't you can't do the so you can't. I was shocked a couple of sleeper leagues that happened. Apparently it lets you do yep. a waiver wire for people who have played in their games and stuff and, and move it around. I think that's bullshit. Oh, I agree with you because I, I in saw this a league, whole bunch of like Davis, all these guys going for huge yep. that they got snapped up on Monday afternoon. Well, yep. I didn't know I was supposed to be putting waivers in. That's not yep. when. Yeah. I had uh in my one Yahoo one, cause I actually have Barkley. Like at three o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, Mike Davis, um, Wayne Gallman, and Devonta Freeman all got picked up because there was a news or no, Mike Freeman got picked up literally two minutes after the report came out that he was going to go visit the Giants. And I had already seen that and I was already pissed. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just kind of go in there. Maybe I can get um, Dion Lewis because they hadn't picked up Lewis yet. And so I was going to go in there and look at it. And then I saw the report for Freeman. I was like, all right, well, then I've looked at my phone. He's already picked up. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me, man. Like, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Like, I get it throughout the week. But, I mean, it's uh, – I don't uh, I don't know. Because it's a small and I actually get my questions answered. Oh, thanks, Charlie. I guess. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, 
Uh, so yeah, I, I, don't know. I just wanted to complain about that. I meant to complain about that a week or two ago, but yeah. Anyways, back on yeah, to the running backs. Uh, so Damian Harris is kind of my sleeper guy there. I was just mentioning uh, the other guys. So how how kind of would you rank those guys again? I'll read their names again without the ownership percentages: Darrell Henderson, Mike Davis, Lamichael P. Ryan, Dion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, Devonta Freeman, and Damian Harris. All rostered under fifty percent. Really, all of them are rostered under forty percent, even. So I think Freeman and Davis are probably the two top guys that are going to go. I, you know, Davis put up quite a, a good set of points yeah. coming in to, you know, after McCaffrey got hurt in that game. And I think just the way they're playing that offense, um, you know, I know it might only be four to six weeks, but you never know with those high ankle injuries, those can recur, those can linger. Um so especially if you need somebody now, if you own Christian McCaffrey, you better be going for that. Um, you know, I'm su- I was surprised he was not more picked up because I know a lot of people early in the offseason that had him were trendily drafting Reggie Bonifon, who was supposed yeah. to be that that handcuff and then just never bothered to go around and, and grab that one. Um, I thought Henderson looked good. Uh, You know, I would go for him. I think he has more of a chance to have a season-long role, but I think he's always probably going to be split and shared. So that would be a concern. Of the Giants, you know, I like Freeman first. You definitely should be going for him, but we've seen him have trouble staying on the field. Um, So I wouldn't say that rules out Lewis and Gallman having a role, but that being said, Lewis would be the one I would take before Gallman right now because I think the signing of Freeman probably – hurts Gallman the most because Lewis does yeah. some special team stuff and some other stuff. He's always going to be active. And we've, we saw last week, the giants literally were fine carrying two and making Gallman inactive. Um, you know, so I think initially that's probably, you know, Gallman's probably going to be better this week because of all the COVID rules like Denver signed Bortles today. They said he won't even be able to do team meetings until Saturday or practice until Saturday. So it's going to be the same for Devonta Freeman. The chances of knowing the game and having enough, you know, those guys weren't in camps. Um, so this week it's probably going to be a pretty good split between Lewis and Gallman. I would be more worried about Freeman going forward. I I understand what you're saying about Harris. I don't totally disagree. I just – the Patriots running game – yeah, hasn't been good in either game. I would like to see them, you know, it could be personnel, but it could also be that's not, you know, when they're trying to run the ball and power run the ball, especially down at the goal line, even Michelle wasn't getting carries. They were just putting in three tight ends and a fullback and using Cam Newton. Yeah. That would be a big concern. As we've said with some of these other ones, even if Harris is getting, and with the Patriots, you're not going to get, 80, 90% of the work between the 20s, even if you are there. I mean, it was an alarming amount of Burkhead. J.J. Taylor got a few snaps. You know, White is going to be there and come mix in. I don't think they would get totally rid of Sonny Michelle. There are probably a few games where a Harris or Michelle is going to explode, but I don't know if I feel good about the consistency there. Yeah, I can, I can see that. So for me – I think Henderson's probably my uh, – actually, I agree. Davis is probably my one because you know you're going to have him for four to six weeks, even if you're not the CMC owner. 
with the way that that offense kind of revolves around the running game, they're going to Teddy Bridgewater is going to dump the ball off to him. He showed last week that he could play in space of now. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey, but he can still be good. After that, I think I'm going Henderson. He looked really good as well. You know, Cam Akers with the with the rib cartilage, that's an injury I've suffered. That is not something easy to come back from. Even the slightest smack in those mm-hmm. ribs is going to hurt you. So I do think – I know they did say that Brown's finger it's is better. Hand than, or finger, yeah. He should be able to play. But with as good as Henderson looked, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to start and gets most of the run, kind of like what um, we saw out of Mount Brown in week one. We've seen, too, a hand and a finger is more uh, dicey for a running back than yeah. any other position just because people are bunching and trying to grab him. I mean, if you were watching that game last night, they were just basically looked like MMA fighters when they were going at Jacobs at times. So those are the things yeah. you worry about. And then uh, for me, I guess three would still be Freeman, but I do think like you just mentioned with the COVID protocols. And then on top of that, we don't know what kind of football shape he's in either. So you might not be looking at getting anything out of him till week four or five. So you need to, if you grab Freeman, you're going to need to grab somebody else who can get you some points because he's not coming in week three and giving you anything. And I would honestly yeah. say there's a shot he may not play week four either. So you're not going to get mm-hmm. Freeman right away. Uh, Lewis and Gallman are whatever for me. I mean, I, I'm, Gallman, as I know you mentioned it in our Discord channel, he had moments last year where he kind of stepped up and played good, but it was like two out of the four games that, that Barkley was out. So I don't really know which way to go with that. Like I said, I like Harris. Another sneaky one for me, I think, is P. Ryan. You know, I know Gore got a lot of work last week, uh, but P. Ryan – they drafted him, I think, to be the guy of the future. Maybe he gets a little bit of run here if, if Gore starts to struggle. Uh, a guy wouldn't spend a lot of money on if you're going fab. Um, and like I said, Harris, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know if he is, but I could see him being a sneaky if he ends up being better than the rest of them. I do think if Harris comes out there and he shows like he was supposedly showing in camp, I think Burkhead and Taylor go away. And I think it then comes down to James White, Sony, Michelle Harris. Again, I agree. And that's why I said I, you're. You're going to lose out on touchdowns with Cam Newton, but if he's still getting a lot of rushing work and catches, a guy you're getting off the waiver wire now here in week three, if he can get you 10 to 12 points a game, I'm taking that right now because who knows what's going to happen week three. Like I'm terrified to even see who might get hurt this coming week. So for me, whatever I can get at this point, I'm taking. And I don't think a lot of people will be targeting Harris. Again, 25% rostered. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about it. He could be a guy you could wait one more week because he won't be able to come back until week four. But I kind of feel like he's going to pop up more for in, – in, or more people are going to mention him by the time week three is over with because he can come off the IR. And if he comes off the IR before waivers run Wednesday, he's going to be a guy people are going to target just in case. So if you've got an extra bench spot or if you've got a spot, maybe you can drop somebody, pick him up, and then drop him straight to your IR and then pick somebody else back up, do that. He's a guy I'd stash for now and just kind of see what happens. Uh, wide receivers was really wasn't much. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, who's 17% rostered, Russell Gage, who's still only 23% rostered, and then Traquan Smith, who we just talked about earlier, 15% rostered. Uh, how would you attack those three guys? Or is there anybody else that you would add to this list? Because I did not see, I mean, there wasn't much on there. It was KJ Hamler, Van Jefferson. There wasn't a lot available on a lot of these waiver wires. So I would say I wouldn't be moving to go for Smith. Um, he had an okay game, but Michael Thomas actually has been upgraded to questionable for this week. Um, it is agitating gotcha. play. And we just talked about Drew Brees. I think if Thomas, Sanders, Kamara, and Cook are out there, 
going to be tough. Uh, they seem to like Deontay Harris too. I noticed when I was, um, you know, in that first game when everybody was available, Harris was the guy coming in often and not Traquan because he runs these, he's real fast and just runs those kind of short routes where they get him the ball in space and hope he can take off. Um, Gage would be the top one I'd be going to because as much as it, it was weird to believe he just he seems like he's locked in and they found something there and Atlanta's defense looks horrible. I think they're gonna be throwing a lot. Um Chenault is the next I would go for. And I know you didn't put him up there, but I actually would go if you have space and stash KJ Hamler. Um he okay. looked pretty good getting the ball in space. Sutton's gone for the year now. I think Hamler and um Judy, it's going to be some growing pains, some slow going, like we talked about with the Raiders. But I think those guys are coming out. They worked to get Hamler the ball. They did some end rounds to get him the ball in space. He had 8.7 points, which wasn't too bad for kind of a rookie coming in against the Pittsburgh defense with the backup quarterback and Sutton starting the game. He's not going to be a top option, but I actually liked what I saw and like the kind of potential there. Yeah, and Hamler is uh, just 1% rostered, so he should be available in your leagues. And and he is toward the top of that list. I just wasn't sure, so I'm going to be honest. That's why I didn't put him on there because I was kind of like, well. And that's kind of a gut feeling. You know, I don't know gotcha. if that's a rock solid, but Denver's been so devastated with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would go in the exact same order as you. Um, obviously, Gage is the easy one. He really seems to be – incorporated in that offense again you're not getting him to be that that wide receiver one or two he's going to be one of the you know your flex options but I mean if Atlanta it looks like Atlanta is going to be in a shootout every single game so he could eventually get you the points I do like Chenault as well seeing a couple of good plays out of him they're actually giving him carries as well so if he ends up breaking we saw I at least I did because I watched a lot of tape on him I did the the rookie profile on him for uh, dynasty nerds if he breaks a couple of those big runs like he did at Colorado, that's going to bring you a ton of points as well. So I do like Chenault. Uh, let's go. We got one question really quick, and then we'll do tight end. So uh, thoughts on Ronald Jones? Not good. Not good. I mean, yeah. with with what Fournette came in and did, I, I would think it's going to be Fournette's job moving forward. Uh, now, I, I don't know if that's a bad thing for Ronald Jones. We talked about it yesterday. I would not be surprised if Bruce Arians doesn't try and move him with all these running back injuries. And I think that would be a good thing for Ronald Jones. I've been saying it all off season. Ronald Jones is going to be a stud once he gets to a new team. I just, he did not fit well with Tampa Bay to begin with. And Bruce Arians coming over here, he does not fit well in that offense. I think it's time for him to move on. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a resurgence of him. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be in running back one, but a low end RB two, I think is in his future. If he can land on a team that values him the correct way. I'm worried for this year. I don't actually think they will try to move him because of, you know, COVID and the rampant injuries. I think everybody is looking like now you cannot have enough depth. There is no such thing as enough depth. And behind him, if something was to happen to Fournette, if they got rid of him, you have Vaughn, which is kind of an unknown, and McCoy, who is kind of, a you know, known but yeah. well past his prime. So if something's, you know, let's say Fournette, tears an ACL, you still have a, a workhorse back in Ronald Jones and these other complementary pieces. I don't see him moving. I think what unfortunately is going to be the case is we're going to have another year like he went through last year with him and Peyton Barber. I think there still will be times where game script, flow, 
Fournette makes a mistake and Jones is in there and has a somewhat decent game, but it's going to be hit or miss. And those of us that took him hoping we were going to get our RB2 season this year, it's it's still going to be a bit of a mess. And, you know, there's still questions I have about Brady. You know, if they can't develop a little more consistency and look a little sharper as a passing game, it won't really matter who their running back is because defenses will start to shift more in the box and try to force Brady to beat them over the top. They have the receivers for it, but maybe they don't actually have the quarterback for it. Yeah. All right. To wrap it up, tight ends. We've actually got quite a few on here. So Jordan Reed is a uh, 15% rostered. I'm sorry, 7% rostered. Mo Ali Cox, 1%. Jordan Aikens, 2%. Drew Sample, 1%. And Dalton Schultz, 3%. All of which I think present a fair amount of upside outside of probably the top two because they're going to be more injury dependent on whether they continue in Reed and Cox. But where would you rank these tight ends? This one's tough a little bit. You know, I think it depends on your philosophy, where your roster's at, and how many tight ends you're you're wanting to keep. Um, I think we were both surprised how much run Schultz got. Yeah. Um, sample, it looks like they're trying to use the tight end. He Of the people on this list, he's the one that's pretty much a guaranteed starter. He and Aikens yeah. uh, seem to be starters who – their quarterback is developing rapport to them. To me, that means if you're looking for somebody who you can who you can play reliably, who's maybe a tight end that you work into the rotation or somebody because you need to have a tight end who you can play every week, those two probably rise to the top for me just because of their position and their competition. Schultz, he looked really good. I've been saying they have three wide receivers – you know, someday they're going to remember they have three wide receivers and the gallop still plays for their team, but they also have their running back to get involved. And I don't think we're going to see them put up 40 points every week or be quite as pass heavy. Not a bad pickup. I like Reed. I actually think even when Kittle comes back, he could have a role because they don't have dominant um, receivers. And he's somebody that has a history. My fear with him is, He's one hit away from from being done. Many of us were surprised he continued. I thought after that last concussion in Washington that knocked him out all last year, he was probably going to be done. He looked incredible last week. Probably will get some good run this week. I've picked him up in a few places. I think he's a guy you grab if you want some Hail Mary upside because I think that's really what he's offering. Cox, I do not have a good feel for Week one, we didn't see Doyle do a lot. I had thought tight end was going to be a big part of what the Colts did. Then Doyle missed week two. It looks like he's tracking to play this week. What happens when they're both out there? I think you mentioned with with Campbell, we know it's going to be gone at least three weeks because they put him on IR. Yeah. Will we see more tight end work, or will some of that work just now go to Neheim Hines? What does Rivers have left? Game scripts, you know, it was a pretty positive game script for the Colts who just destroyed Minnesota, uh, much to our surprise. What does a negative game script for this team look like? Uh, Because we didn't see any receivers really pop. It was a lot of dumps to the back uh, in week one when they were struggling with Jacksonville. So I see the appeal based on what he did, but given his situation and there's no definitive proof that he's going to be the guy or that he's going to have a substantial role, 
I would be comfortable letting my league mates blow fab to pull him yeah. in based on what they saw last week. And I would go for one of the other guys. I think, you know, for me, it's probably Aikens, Sample, Schultz, Reed, Cox. Yeah, so I'm pretty much the same as you. I think Sample would probably be my one just because while I, lo- I think Aikens is the better tight end, he does have to compete with Darren Fells there, who they still see clearly have in the rotation where Sample, we, we kind of talked about it because you made the joke last Thursday about Sample making plays, and then unfortunately Uzoma gets hurt. He comes out there and does it. And it, it, was a joke. Of, it wasn't a joke. It you just took it as a joke. Yeah, I it's, took it as a joke. my laugh. Great, great clairvoyant call uh, by Matt Thursday before the podcast. But uh, Ray Garvin, who, again, very respected in the college game and everything he does in fantasy football, pointed out, and I didn't even really think about it, is that that's where Joe Burrow loves to operate is the middle of the field, which is where Sample's going to be. And I think we can all agree, out of everybody on this list, that's the team with the worst defense who is going to probably be throwing the ball a ton. So I think Sample is just a smidge above Aikens for me. I think Aikens, better athlete, better overall tight end. I probably go Sample, Aikens, uh, then same. Schultz, Reed. I think if you have Doyle, I still would rather get one of those other guys before Mo Alley Cox. And then Cox would be like my last resort, as you kind of mentioned. Reed, I'm with you. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried about, especially now with Nick Mullins being in there, like how they might lean more on the tight ends. I think Jimmy G's out for at least this week. I don't know. I can't remember if they said he's longer than that, but I know Nick Mullins is starting Sunday. I think uh, it so, has to do a little bit with the turf. There was a lot of talk that with the guys who got banged up looking, uh, you know, playing the long game that the 49ers yeah. were content. Also, they're playing the Giants, so I don't know exactly how how worried they are. Yeah, so I and I would think with that, you've at least got Reed, even if he doesn't stay in the game plan, you've got him for at least one more week. Because we talked about this Monday, I don't, neither one of us think they're going to let Kittle play this week. It's going to be again, hey man, just take a break. Your knees, let's let the knee heal up. We really don't need you versus the Giants come back in week four. So for me, Sample, Aiken, Schultz, Reed Cox, pretty, pretty much the same as you. I, I would just flip Sample and Aikens. That will do it for us today. We do not have a podcast tomorrow, so we'll be back on Thursday to preview was Jags Dolphins, correct? Dolphins at the Jags. Actually turning us the the first Yeah, when they first said it, I was like, ooh. And then the more I've thought about it, I'm like, Yeah, might not actually be a bad game. If you guys are not watching ready. Oh, I'll be I'll be rocking jorts and a, and a mankini with the with the with the bro tank. Uh, if you're not watching live, check out uh, Thrive Fantasy. You can use our promo code Geek. You deposit twenty dollars, you get twenty dollars back. It's a lot of fun. I actually won. $150 on Thrive this weekend. So won a lot of money on the college side on DraftKings, which I was pretty excited about. But I need to temper expectations because I know it's going to happen. I'm going to get too excited and I'm going to blow it all this weekend. So, but uh, definitely go on there. It's a lot of fun. F- free, uh, not free, but uh, daily fantasy. They have different, a little bit different stuff than DraftKings and FanDuel as well. So check it out. Helps us out. It's a lot of fun. You guys can hit us up for questions. Ricky, any of us, again, Discord channel, if you want to jump in there and talk football with us, go to musiccitydrivein.com. There's a link there, or you can hit any of us up on Twitter, and we will give you a link as well. Hope you guys enjoy your two. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. I would be honored if you played football for this team.
Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.